Welcome to Rivers in the Desert International, a revival ministry dedicated to bringing the living waters of God's love to a hurting and dying world. It is our desire as you listen to the following message that the Holy Spirit will fill you afresh and that you would be ignited into a fervency for Jesus. This is the day to be filled with the knowledge of His glory as the waters cover the sea. God is doing something new on planet Earth today, and you and I have the great privilege to be a part of it. We love you. Be blessed. Shalom, friends. Good morning, Boker Or. Good morning, light to you. Uh, reporting to you live from Israel on this podcast. This is the third update of the war against terrorists, specifically the war against Hamas. Things have really heated up the last 24 hours. Um, there is a sense, I just, again, I, I don't want to go through a lot of the news broadcasts. What you guys can do, go to Jerusalem Post, go to haaretz.com, go to depka.com. You can catch up on the news. It's coming up almost in real time, the events, especially read the ticker tapes on our website, other news websites, you'll be able to see some of the, the updates as they're happening. Anyway, <clears throat> but I'm yesterday going fishing, hallelujah, and uh, throwing out a nice baited lure for an Israeli, set the gospel hook, and uh, as we're talking, we began to discuss what was happening currently in the situation in the war against terror. And uh, we both, as we're talking about this, began to sense this uncanny uneasiness descending upon us. And uh, it's almost like this one of the riders on the horse in Revelation, the rider of death and war. If you just feel the atmosphere charged with death and with hatred and violence. And it's this sensation that the world is quickly being throttled into a Gog-Magog-type conflict, an Ezekiel-type war. And we who are here in Israel need to stand our guard. Jacob's troubles could be upon us like we've never known before. But God is God, and God is going to get the glory when great darkness descends upon the earth. His glory is going to rise. And so it's a great environment to witness and go fishing and all of that. Um, and then as we're talking, we, we hear of the uh, the rockets falling in the north, uh, definitely from Hezbollah upon Kiryat Shmona in the north. Um, our friends that are, if they're not serving in Gaza in the war down there, they're quickly being shuffled and hurriedly going to their reserve units in the north. There's high tension today in the north with the Hezbollah. Air Force has just been working repeatedly. Uh, they had huge bombardments last night against the terrorist infrastructure and the tunnel systems there on the Egyptian border and w- with Gaza. Um, we have a lot of activity going on here the last 24 hours. Uh, color red or the code red alerts are being sounded in the southern cities of Israel right now. Uh, a lot of rockets are falling. Also, last night, the IDF uh, special units went in and, and captured 24 men. They were arrested, and so we have the situation in the north. We have the situation in the south. Let's not forget the center of the country, the main bulk of the the uh, Muslim population. Uh, it seems to be fermenting, and uh, anyway, so we we live not far from one of the main gates into that area, 
Uh, and we're here as a stopgap procedure to intercede, to pray, to sound the shofar, to move in the spirit of justice. And God is doing miracles, hearing great reports from some of the units, some of the things that they're doing. Uh, one of the commanders came over and uh, began to share with me some of the things that are happening. And uh, again, the weight room, the exercise room, we help build out for these men. And uh, the gear that you guys have been helping to purchase for them, they're using it. They are doing an incredible job in Gaza right now. And uh, we just, I just say bravo. What courage and what a great opportunity for all of us to be able to, to assist in this war against terror. Hallelujah. Uh, going on politically, there's some uh, divisions within the cabinet of Israel. Levine uh, and Barak, they want to have an immediate ceasefire. And, <coughs> excuse me. And then Olbert, surprisingly, wants to keep the operation going. So there's a lot of high-charge tension right now. People's true colors coming out with the shift of power and the elections coming up next month. So you guys need to keep that in prayer. And, uh, you know, be encouraged. Yesterday, Dalit and one of our close good friends, Ilana, packed up the car full of uh, small gifts. Children made these gifts for the soldiers in boxes and put candies and different little things inside and sent notes, and so Dalit and Alana went down to the Gaza border, <coughs> excuse me, got into a actually an area where the uh, POWs are being interrogated and held, and was able to deliver a huge load of, of gifts and food and all types of items for the soldiers, and then and they were able to see some of the stuff going on in Gaza, took some pictures, and then on the way out they were able to see the press corps that's down there, and Dalit mentioned that if anybody is a Nazi today, it's some of these press corps people. They are so anti-Semitic. They are, twist the news so much. And don't be led astray by just what you read on the news, okay? Because these people, you know, Satan is the prince of the power of the air. And this media, this airways, is his place of speculation and uh, uh, opinions and maxims. And again, I, I want to encourage you guys in, in reading the emails that we send out especially the teachings. Second um, Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 says, God, if our gospel is hid, it is hid to those who are perishing because the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving. Thus they see the light of the glory of the, of the gospel that's in the face of the Messiah Jesus. So how does the enemy blind people from seeing the light of the gospel, the good news, the glory of God? And it says the God of this world. And actually... Uh, it's a bit of a mistranslation, a bit of a misnomer. He's not the God of this planet, okay? God owns the planet. God owns the cattle on a thousand hill. He owns the planet. He gave uh, the lease of this planet, so to speak, the um, Jewish prudence, the ability to cultivate it, to be in charge of it to Adam. Adam, of course, gave it to the enemy. Uh, Satan was able to use in the temptation against Jesus as you read in the Gospels, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all these kingdoms. And so we see that the enemy is the God of this world, but the word world is a misnomer. It's not, he doesn't own the planet, okay? He has a lease. Okay? He's the prince of the power of the air. But the proper, I love the linguistic key of the Greek New Testament that says he's the God of this age, A-G-E. And so what is age? And so it, it goes on, linguistic key says, it's the floating mass of thoughts, maxims, speculations, 
and aspirations of self anytime current in the world. So this, this, this cloud, this darkness of philosophy, speculations, aspirations, maxims of self is what the enemy operates out of. It's what he uses to blind people's minds. And so you have to be really careful of speculations and you'd be careful of these maxims, aspirations of self. This is the enemy's territory and we're called to die to self. Amen. So again, be real careful what you read and hear on the different news, especially those that are that are wanting to have a UN world order versus having God's order here. And brothers and sisters, it is real exciting to get the reports back. Dalit was able to go down into the front lines, deliver the packages to the soldiers, and uh, then see the press corps there. And for Dalit to say, hey, these guys are like Nazis. You can understand what's being fed out into the media. And then in their way into Beersheba, uh, of course, the red code red was taking off. They had to jump out of the cars and get down to the ground. To, uh, in case of the rockets were landing near them. So it just gives you a little bit idea that we're here on the front lines. Things are happening. You may not be hearing a lot about it in the news. Um, basically, there is a, a massive buildup happening in the north, in the south. Of course, it's up to the government here what they're going to decide to do with the troops. The morale has peaked out. Many soldiers are anxious to get into the battle. Many soldiers want to protect the homeland. Many soldiers want to correct the wrongs that happened in the Second Lebanese War. They want to restore the mighty deterrent force that the IDF, IDF was known for. And so continue to pray. Continue to pray that God's will be done, that justice be brought on the heads of, of the terrorist organizations. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for uh, what the new rivers that are breaking out here. Very exciting. Let me share some scriptures with you this morning and give you some fresh manna. It says here in Proverbs chapter 1, in verse 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge or wisdom. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so we see here what goes on in, in the chapter 1 is that, Hear, my son, your father's instruction. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. And it goes on and talks here about uh, the personification of wisdom and evil worldly wisdom or foolishness is personified as two women here. So the first eight chapters of Proverbs, Solomon uses this um, Middle Eastern, ancient Middle Eastern, not just Hebrew parallelism in, in Proverbs, but brings out this idea of the two women standing in the streets, standing in the gates of the city, calling out to the young men. And so Solomon is giving this warning to the young men not to listen to the strange woman, not to listen to the adulteress, not to listen to these fools in the marketplace, okay? Listen to the instructions of your father. And the key to it is the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is just a powerful ingredient that we seem to be missing today. Because most of us want a comforting message, not an accountability message. And so wisdom is warning. And it goes on and says, Oh, naive ones, will you love simplicity? And that's something I want to really drive home because it's happened to me. We in America are a bit naive, okay? You can travel the world and come back and say, thank God for America and Canada. Thank God for our democracy. Thank God for the freedom of the press and freedom of speech and freedom of religion, whatever, all these things that we have. 
But what we fail to understand is that because we live in a really a good comfort zone in America, we tend to be naive and we tend to believe the best of other people. We tend to trust people too much. And here in the Middle East, folks, when Jesus wrote, beware of wolves and sheep clothing, beware of the dogs, do not trust men. Men will be lovers of self in the last days. The love of many will wax cold. He's talking about primarily this region of the world that's dominating world events, that's dominating the economies and political and social social trends of the entire world are dominated by the Middle East right now. Why? Because the river okay, of the east versus the river of the west, they seem to collide here. This is where all the turbulence is. This is where it all began. You know, it began with a tree in the garden. It's going to end with the tree okay, in, in the New Jerusalem. It, it began, okay, right here, and it's going to end right here. Jesus ain't coming back to New York City, okay? He ain't coming back to Bangkok. He's coming back to Jerusalem. And so this is the area we need to occupy. This is where we need to stand in the gap. We, we need to help the Jewish people, comfort them in this time of war, okay? And uh, it's, just, it's, it's just an awesome opportunity all of us have. But what we as Americans and Canadians need to really wake up to, and pardon me if I step on your toes, but it's okay. Because I want to be warned, okay? I want, I, want, I want to be wise. I want to have the fear of the Lord. It's not to be naive. Don't be so simple and so naive, okay? Just recognize, prepare yourself this hour that we're in, you have to be very careful of the things you share with people, very careful of the allegiances and covenants you may make, very careful of your friendships and business dealings. You have to be very, very wise in this hour, okay? And we cannot be naive, okay? Because here in the Middle East, especially with the Islamic culture, they look for the naive. They look for the simple to hoodwink, okay? And it goes on. God says, turn to my reproof. Now, what is the word proof? It's proof and with re on it, meaning it's a reproof. It's a repeated proving of your, your character. God sends a word. God sends it. And don't just listen to good comforting messages. We have the Holy Spirit within us. We have the paracletos, the comforter, the standby. It's wonderful. He's there to comfort. He's there to um, intercede. He's there to be our helper, our standby. Hallelujah. But remember that he is here to speak into our lives. And God can come to you in a dream, in a vision, in the inner witness, you know, through a child, through reading the word, you know, something can come to you, listening to Holy Ghost music, and he begins to reprove you in your character. And he's doing it for a purpose. Don't run away from that light. He's proving it. It says here, behold, I'll pour out my spirit on you, and I'll make my words known to you. So those of us who want more of a move of the spirit, those of us who love, relish, cherish, just everything, our whole life is about being in his presence and in love with him. Glory to God. That he says he'll pour out his spirit if you turn to my reproof. And so let's open up the word. Let's say, Lord, okay, test me. Lord, change me. Hallelujah. Lord, train me in this hour that I can run this race. Folks, it's not how we start the race. It's how we finish it. You know, Paul talks about in Corinthians about buffeting his body, bruising it, making it his slave, that lest after he preached to others, he himself should be a castaway. And there's so much emphasis on delivery, on, you know, the set, on uh, the pulpit. So it's not just the pulpit, it's not just the TV ministry, not just even our website and other websites that deliver the word. It's what we do after it. It's the character, hallelujah. And that place is 
where we don't want to be disqualified in this race. This is where we don't want to be penalized. This is where we want to run the race to win. Hallelujah. And uh, God's given area inside of every one of us a desire to win. We read the end of the book. Notice we win. But let's run this race individually and corporately. Glory to God to win. And I want more of the Spirit of God in my life. I want more repeated infillings. You know, it says in Ephesians, you know, be, uh, redeeming the time for the days are evil. And it's beautiful. The word redeeming the time, linguistic key, the Greek New Testament. It's like the idea in the ancient market when the strawberries or tomatoes were in season. You had to seize the moment and buy them then. But they didn't have, you know, air-conditioned refrigerators and, you know, chemical plants and uh, <laughs> all types of high-tech agriculture greenhouses to grow this stuff at any time of the year. When the strawberries came up, that was the time you had to harvest, and that's the time you had to buy it because they weren't coming up again until the next year. So we have to same way seize this moment. Then how do we seize this moment? It says, you know, redeeming the time for the days are evil. Okay, and we can just get into how much evil's going on and evil's going on and not stay in the flow of the river. You know, what, what keeps me really saturated and just in the presence of the Lord is just staying in His presence, okay? Just being joyful in this hour when all war is breaking loose all over this region right now and the threat of war and the rumors of war. And I just need to stay in that zone, hallelujah. Stay intoxicated in Him, glory to God, and keep obeying, obeying Him. And it's in this place, redeeming the time of the days of evil, Ephesians 5, it says, and... Um, Allow yourself to be continually, habitually filled with the Spirit. So there's infillings of the Spirit that needs to become a habit that we allow. He doesn't force himself. We allow him, we yield to him to fill us. Hallelujah. And it's beautiful here in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 23. Turn to my reproof and I'll pour out my Spirit upon you. Hallelujah. And so it's Lord. Maybe I've entered into a dry time because I'm not listening to your reproof. You're wanting to prove me, bring me to the next level. Glory to God. And you keep on re repeating, reproving, and I'm not listening. Oh, God, forgive me. Let me listen and flow in this direction. Pour out your spirit upon me. And it goes on and says in verse 24, Because I called and you refused, I stretched out my hand and no one paid attention. You neglected all my counsel, did not want my reproof. I will even laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your dread comes. When your dread comes like the storm and your calamity comes like the tornado or the whirlwind or hurricane, when distress and anguish come on you, then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they shall not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. So as we see all these things breaking out, we see the threat of an Ezekiel war. I bring you know, the word of the Lord to you from Israel, hallelujah, this morning, is that you do not want to be on this other end where you're not listening to God, that you've not heeded his reproof, and then you start crying to him. You start getting up early in the morning, and, and your calamity, things start getting shaken up in your life, and he's not going to listen to you, the Bible says, because you didn't listen. He repeatedly came to you, and you did not listen. And second, you hated knowledge, and you did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would not accept my counsel, verse 30 says. They spurn my reproof, so they shall eat the fruit of their own ways and be saturated with their own devices. For the waywardness of the naive shall kill them. 
Okay, so the idea of being simple, of being naive, okay, not on top of things. And the complacency of fools should destroy them. This is not the time to be complacent. This is not the time to be a couch potato. This is not the time just to go through the motions, okay, and enjoy entertainment. What is entertainment enters in to attain you? This is the time to heed his reproof. Hallelujah. And verse 33 says, But he who listens to me shall live securely and shall be at ease from the dread of evil. So men's hearts are failing in this last hour because of the dread of evil, the things coming on the earth economically or wars or whatever. And the way we can sidestep this and live securely, hallelujah, is to listen to his reproof. Now, as I mentioned, Proverbs chapter 1 through 8 is a beautiful summary of how reproofs play out in the personification of two women. First of all, there's the evil woman, the adulterer, okay? And it says that those who enter into her house, her descendants are in the depths of hell. So her house actually is a portal into the netherworld, into hell itself, okay? So, you know, you can read through Proverbs, he who commits adultery shall inherit the wind. He who commits adultery shall, shall um, troubles his own house. And it talks about this evil woman, okay? And the key is to read through Proverbs and not get into the micro of each verse, okay? There's a reason each verse is building. So the, first of all, the original Hebrew, there is no verses. That was put in by the redactors for reference purpose so you can find things quicker, okay? So if you read it in one sitting, the first eight chapters, you're really getting the, the introductions, okay, from Solomon by the Spirit of God of this idea of these young men who do not choose reproof, that do not choose the fear of the Lord, that do not heed his instruction, that these things come upon them. And the one way that he's warning them is this evil woman, this adulterer, the woman who is the world system, okay? She's the Jezebel. She's whatever you want to say and use all the different types and imageries in the Bible. But this woman is an adulterer. And look at how many ministries, look how many men and women are falling into sexual sin, okay? They're, they're, they're letting down their guard, their complacency, they're getting naive, and they're being hoodwinked by the enemy. And folks, it's, it's not the time to fall away right now. It's time to sprint and win this race. Glory to God. <clears throat> and it goes on and talks about, in chapter 5 and chapter 7, about the wiles of this type of woman, this harlot, Okay? And it ends in verse 27, her house is the way to Sheol, descending to the chambers of death. And so he's warning the young men, do not go the way of this woman. Okay? And then chapter 8 is one of the most powerful chapters in the Bible. Chapter 8 is not just the personification of good wisdom as a woman, standing in the marketplace, calling out to the young men, oh, naive ones, discern prudence and wisdom, come and take my instruction. It is actually the portal into the glory realm. This woman, personified as wisdom, actually is wisdom of God, Jesus himself, and it's the portal. And what we see here in the second half of chapter 8 is a look into the, into the pre-Genesis world, before the world began. Hallelujah. And this is the wisdom that God's offering us. And we enter into this wisdom, hallelujah, through the fear of the Lord. Let's read about it. It says in verse 12, I, wisdom, dwell with prudence. 
I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. So people say, what is the fear of the Lord? It's to reverence God, to be afraid of God. Uh, it's to honor God. And that's all true. But actually, the fear of the Lord, it says, according to Solomon, is to hate evil. And if you and I get to a place of really hating evil, listen, there is a, there is a temptation in evil. There is a, a, a pleasure in sin, but it's so short-lived, I'm telling you. Go into the higher pleasures, hallelujah, of knowing him. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. we got to get to the place where we hate evil. And pride, hate pride, and hate arrogance, and the evil way, and the perverted mouth I hate. So as you're hearing the word and you're beginning to get convicted, don't pull away right now. Let godly sorrow work in your heart, in your mind, in your conscience. Let your conscience be smitten right now and just cry out, God, forgive me. Lord, I just I just thank you for your forgiveness through the blood of Jesus. Forgive me for not listening to you. Forgive me for not hating evil. So to the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom, which is the key to not being naive in this hour, is to hate evil. Hallelujah. And to hate pride, arrogance, and the evil way and the perverted mouth. It goes on and says, counsel is mine and wisdom. I am understanding. Power is mine. So we see this incredible, you know, who God is. It's not just personified as a woman. It's God's wisdom himself. He says here, by me kings reign and rulers decree justice. So even though all the political mishigas going on in the world right now, and especially in Canada and America and here in Israel, God still is in control. Hallelujah. And look at the overall picture. Glory to God. He says, by, uh, in all who judge rightly, I love those who love me. And those who seek me early, King James, New American Standard says, those who seek me not early, but diligently, will find me. And the word diligent there is shachar. It's um, to get up early in the morning in the blackness of the dawn. Hallelujah. The Hebrew word, the noun form is mishkar, which is dawn, D-A-W-N. So to seek something diligently, to seek after God diligently, is to get up in the pre-dawn hours. And thirst for him. It's that simple. You don't have to spend, you know, going 40 days fast all the time and going to all night prayer meetings and all night worship sessions and wear yourself out and mess up your schedule with your family and mess up your work schedule and just be like a, you know, half zombie because you're, you're not eating right. You're not, you're not, um, you're not sleeping right. Okay. Get to that place. It's the early morning time, the shachar. Hallelujah. You're going to find him. You're going to know him. Hallelujah. And he's going to speed you through the rest of your day. And in this place, it says, Riches and honor are with me. Enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even pure gold. That's what the world holds chases after. And God's giving us the real gold. I walk in the way of righteousness in the midst of paths of justice to endow those who love me with wealth that I may fill their treasuries. Glory to God. What a promise the fear of the Lord, to listen to his reproof, to love him, to get up early. Hallelujah. And then verse 22 through 31 in Proverbs 8 is a look into the pre-Genesis world, before the world began, a portal into the glory realm. Hallelujah. Just like the evil woman in chapter 5 and 6 and 7 is a portal to Sheol and the underworld and hell. So the righteous woman or the wise good wisdom calling on the streets to the naive to choose the fear of the Lord is a portal 
the opening into the glory realm, the now realm, before the world began. It's awesome. As the Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way, of his works of old. And it talks about before that there were springs, before the mountains, before there were one piece of dust of the earth, okay? Before the circle of the deep, before the skies were made, okay? It says in verse 30, I was besides him as a master workman. I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing the world, his earth, having my delight in the sons of men. So we see in the pre-Genesis account, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they're one, they're echad, okay? They're one, yet in that place, hallelujah, you and I predestined in him, glory to God, before the world began, predestined, pre chosen, elected, preordained, hallelujah, to rejoice before him. And the Hebrew word here for rejoicing is mesachechet, which means to frolic. It's used to be uh, the porpoises playing in the ocean. It's used of children playing in the new streets of, in the streets of Jer the New Jerusalem. It's the idea of frolicking, laughing, playing, and this delight. Hallelujah. And it's in this place that the fear of the Lord, that reproof brings us into. So what I'm doing in this hour, I'm getting reproved. I'm getting my character. You know, God, show me things. Show me hidden spots. Show me things I'm doing that I shouldn't do. Show me things I'm not doing that I should be doing. All these things, hallelujah, keeping in that sweet spot of teachability and accountability and being humble before him, hallelujah, and choosing to hate evil and to fear him, glory to God, that I've been entering into these rapturous experiences of joy lately, hallelujah, without having to put on a worship CD or listen to a tape, okay? <laughs> it's just the glory of God is so strong in this place, and there's such a joy. It's like you're touching your roots. You know, a lot of people are looking through their family tree, their genealogy, and a lot of people are looking for this and looking for that, traveling the world, looking for this, looking for happiness. But your true place of joy is in that place why you were created and to be with him and to delight with him and that joy, that extreme intoxication. Hallelujah. And it says in verse 32, as we conclude, Now therefore, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my way. Heed my instruction. Be wise. Do not neglect it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at my doorpost. Now, who waits at the doorpost? Well, in, in the book of Exodus, we see the doorpost has the mezuzah, Shema Yisrael, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Okay? Let's not walk up to the mezuzah and kiss it. Okay? You know, <laughs> it's more to it. It's about listening to him. Obeying him, loving him, right? Amen. And also, at, in the ancient Hebrew culture, the Hebrew slave that was a free man but loved his master more than his freedom would come back and have his ear cut off and put on the door. So who waits at the doorpost are the bond servants, not servants, the bond servants. So you're a child, we're born again, but then there's a time where we choose no longer just to be a child, but become a bondservant to him. Hallelujah. It says here in verse 35, it's amazing. Say with me now. For he who finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who sins against me injures himself, and all those who hate me love death. Now watch this. It says here in verse 36, those who injure me injures himself, and is actually the root of the Hebrew word Hamas, destruction the very name in Arabic of the terror organization 
whose whole charter is to kill Jews and Christians, take over the promised land, okay, and do violence and terror. And notice it says here, he who sins against me injures himself, or he who sins brings violence, destruction on himself. And let me tell you, this stuff that's happening in Israel with Hamas rising up Hezbollah, one main reason is because the leadership of this country are acting just like the kings of Israel and Judah in sin. And the people here have chosen foreign gods and have rejected God. And that's why these that's the main reason why these problems are happening. Thank God for the remnant here. Thank God that we're praying, hallelujah, to, to preserve this country, to preserve this life, to stand the gap so God can move. And he goes on and says here, He who sins against me injures or brings Hamas upon himself, and all those who hate me love death. So those who are in the culture of death, let's conclude with this because there's a lot of debate going on in our world and maybe you can help some people lead them to the Lord through this. There's a culture of death in radical Islam, in revolutionaries that we see, whether it be the IRA or, or whatever. But this culture of death is based on this rebellion and and this rebellion is fueled by a hatred for God. So all those who are doing these terror strikes okay that are bloodthirsty serial murderers the reason they do it even though they may seem like they're fanatical religious muslims or whatever they really they hate god and they love death they are the instruments the puppets of the enemy and so when people hate god and they love this culture of death okay the only other recourse is the justice of god and the justice of God is capital punishment. We see that throughout the Bible. Brothers and sisters, as we sing all this stuff developing around us, stay in that sweet spot of obedience with him. We'll be talking to you again real soon. Just remember that we appreciate your love gifts. I know that um, people's jobs and mortgages and all this stuff has been affected the last several months. But this is the time to sow. Isaac sowed in famine, and it says he received a hundredfold back that same year. This is the time not to pull back. This is the time to continue to give because you can't outgive God. Hallelujah. It says in Corinthians that the Macedonians in their abject poverty begged Paul for an opportunity to give to the saints in, in Israel and Jerusalem. So here's your opportunity to give. Please go to the site, our partner page. You can uh, send in uh, information uh, to us, uh, make some pledges. You can uh, give by credit card. You can send a check to our U.S. address or you can wire to the Rivers account in Bank of America. So, hey guys, let's keep this going. It's some exciting stuff. We want to build out this Desert Shepherd Warrior Center here. We want to purchase the land, build out the facility, and teach the naive and the foolish about the difference between the wise woman and the adulterous woman and to choose life in this hour. Love you guys. Talk to you real soon. And uh, let us hear some feedback. We're getting some really cool feedback from a lot of you about these podcasts. And uh, uh, if you want us to continue with it, hey, we'll continue. Talk to you soon. Shalom.
thank you for being a part of Rivers in the Desert International, listening to our message today to you. Perhaps you have a friend, perhaps yourself are sitting there and wondering, where would I go if I died today? We'd like to give you a great privilege of praying with us and leading you to a knowledge of Jesus the Messiah. The Bible says if any man or woman would call upon the name of Jesus, they would be saved. The Greek word for saved is healed, delivered. It's a wonderful promise. You're there now in your automobile, perhaps at home listening. Go ahead and pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus to forgive me of my sins. The Bible says if anybody would call upon your name, they would be saved. I'm calling today, Lord, save me, forgive me, cleanse me, take all of my sins and cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. Father, I'm coming, running home to you now. In your name I pray, amen. If you'd like to contact us in our ministry, you may do so by writing us at Rivers in the Desert, P.O. Box 2788 in Alpharetta, Georgia, 30023 in the United States of America. Our ministry phone number is 770-777-0143. Of course, you can reach us anytime, 24-7, at our website contact page at www.flashfloods.com. Looking forward to hearing from you. We are here to help equip you to be tactical warriors in this hour, to wake up this church, to win and disciple lost souls, and to take out terrorism of all forms. God bless you. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Shalom, shalom. Shalom.